You have one new voicemail message. Message received. Five May at six p.m. Yo, what's up? I'm Pack. I couldn't get through, so I thought I'd just leave a message. Uh, well, I don't think they would be ashamed. I think if you ask your average New Zealander, should Māori have air quotes special rights on the ocean? I think they would say nah. They're going to restrict access to the beaches. We're not going to be able to take our boat out. Which isn't what Māori want at all. And why that's wrong is denial of those rights in the ocean is just as bad as all the land confiscation that went on through colonisation. For Māori, there was no delineation between ocean and land in terms of what they owned, had mana over, controlled. There was sticks in the water that showed the boundaries between what different tribes controlled. So to come in and say there's no rights there is just the same as saying this isn't your land, this is ours now, get off it. And the entire coastline of New Zealand, that's a big place, so that's a lot of land to be stolen. Anyways, call me back. Fucking floor is somebody. Now, the argument over ownership of the foreshore and seabed started in Marlborough Sounds in the 1990s, when Marlborough District Council declined grant permits to farm mussels to Maori groups, including seven tribes whose area covered the Sounds. Now, those seven tribes made a joint application to the Maori Land Court in 1997, seeking a declaration as to whether the foreshore and seabed for the entire Marlborough Sounds was Maori customary land or a variant of it. Now, I know this isn't a part of an article. This isn't even a part of an intro. This isn't even for you. This is for Tabby and I. <laughs> well, not only were we not alive in the 1990s. Oh, well, some of it, actually. We were. Why are you trying yeah. to act like we ain't born in 2000? We were not anywhere near New Zealand, though. Oh, yeah. No, you're right. You're I have right, no right, idea right. about any of this stuff you're at right, all. You're right. You're right. You're um, right. So, thankfully, now we know that's how it started. Also, I do need to apologize to you. On the last episode, mm-hmm. you said Marlborough, and I didn't correct you and allowed you to continue. Uh oh. So seeing the fact that you that Mulber was written in the script, I was like, he better say right, and you did. So did congrats. I say right? Yeah, you did. Shout but out I didn't. So, I didn't correct you nah, last time, so okay. I need to apologize but, for that. Bro. But you told me on air, and I appreciate that. <laughs> I appreciate that. that's accountability, folks. Didn't, didn't pull you off to the side and say, "Hey, bro, next time." No, nah, I, I just waited for you to, to just you know grow. Are by you standing enough for the people of Marlboro now? Say it again. Oh no, nah, nah, no. Nope. <clears throat> First section we're going to look at is the New Zealand Herald. In the Thick of the Ink, from 5th of May, 2004. First letter says, Where is the Labour government coming from? It does not matter if you agree with Tariana Turia or not. What has happened to the right of an MP to cross the floor? Surely an MP is there first and foremost for his or her own electorate. It seems to me that Helen Clark is running a dictatorship just to get what she wants. Shame on her. From Anne in Nururu. So... Right off the bat, we're introduced to our kind of main character, right? Yeah. Tariana Tudia. Um, a lot of articles and headlines we saw from like numerous newspapers at the time shuffled between talking about Helen Clark and different iwi, but Tariana was always constant. Yeah. 
Now, in the middle of the debate about the ownership of New Zealand's foreshore and seabed in 2003, she voiced her concern and dissatisfaction. Now, spoken about in previous seasons of Unpack, ministers have ministerial responsibility, which means no matter what they like personally feel, they have to represent the government's view on it at the end of the day. Absolutely. And for further context, at this point, Tariana was actually a part of the Labour Party. Now, I don't want to spoil it for you, but that kind of didn't <laughs> remain the same throughout the entire process of foreshore and seabed. Mm. But the debate that we're focusing on today is... A familiar one. Yes. In 2004, the Labour Party, led by Helen Clark, wanted to pass a law that deemed all foreshore and seabed land belonged to the Crown and not Māori iwi. Yes. And getting back to the letter, Anne has a great point here with asking what's happened to MPs representing their electorate and not their party, and accuses Helen Clark of running a dictatorship. So for further context, Helen Clark would have wanted them to vote as a bloc. So in mm. that case all the MPs within the Labour Party to vote one way. But continuing on with the spoiler alert, uh, that didn't necessarily happen. Yes, exactly. And Tariana Turia um, had actually what they call crossing the floor when they say, oh, I'm not actually really feeling what you're putting down right now, Helen. Yeah. Next letter says, Tariana Turia, sense of purpose and her honesty are certainly to be admired if it were not that her path is divisive. Ugh. Her preference of Maori ownership and control over crown assets is misguided separatism. What? Hence, we all should support politicians who will create a common path into the future for all to follow, irrespective of ethnic and cultural background and length of time on the patch. From Harry Birkenhead. Ugh. You had a you had you had some noises there, Tabby, you right? To be honest, no. Just whenever <laughs> Whenever anybody complains about people being divisive, mm. it's, I mean, divisive is probably one of the hottest words in 2022. Yes. People who complain about it are just complaining about people who have previously probably been silenced, finally getting an opportunity to speak and stating how they feel. It's not inherently divisive if you just disagree with somebody and are stating a different opinion. Mm. You're just complaining because the New Zealand that you may have known where everybody went from the same path and everything was great, wasn't even everybody's experience. So whenever I see people complaining about divisive, hmm. yeah, I just don't really like it. So to answer question, no, I'm not good. <laughs> hey, I'm not. And fair enough. Thanks for telling me that you're not good because neither am I. I don't, I don't think people can really put separatism into a letter or a comment if they really know what separatism means. Now, for those of you who don't, it's the practice of separation of a certain group of people from a larger body on the basis of ethnicity, religion, or gender. And I think that when Harry says Maori ownership and then the crown assets, and if we divide those, it's misguided separatism. What do you think happened in the first place, Harry? Yeah, I don't know about that one. But also, like, the contradiction, shout out to Tariana for going with your purpose. Mm. But also, it's kind of divisive, so I don't necessarily agree with it. So, it's, so you only want people to go with their purpose and how they feel if it aligns with your belief? I don't think that's fair. I don't think that's fair at all, Harry. Next letter, I cannot fathom what causes so many non-Māori to continue to knock the hikoi and its purpose. These people are obviously blind through their ignorance. If they were true New Zealanders as they claim to be, then they would stand shoulder to shoulder with Māori and the true descendants of British settlers and join in this fight against the government taking full ownership of the seabed and foreshore. The government has run out of things to sell to pay off debts to the seabed and foreshore with the next obvious option. I hope they remember when the government sells to privateers and foreigners 
everything that the Hikoi stood for, how they sat in their world of ignorance. Their ignorance will cost us dearly, probably a few dollars to walk our once free beaches, which Maori once owned and never denied you access to. I look forward to seeing them on our pay-as-you-swim beaches. Then again, we'll probably go to the rivers, lest the government take them away too. Mike in Hamilton. Woo, are you good? That was that was, that was a, a long, long that was a long ass comment. I felt like I was back at church and I'm reading the scripture. <laughs> everybody could turn their pages to John three sixteen. Yeah, but that was that was a, a great letter to the editor from Mike. I mean, it does stand the test of time. What I appreciate is that it is from a Pakeha perspective. Mm. It's not a British nor Maori perspective, but a Pakeha one who wishes to honor Tatiti and stand shoulder to shoulder with Maori. Absolutely. And as you said, it's from that Pakia perspective, but it's from that new Pakia perspective of they get letting go of their British ties. Yeah. And as we've focused on so many times of unpack of the Kiwi identity, do they want to be a part of Britain? Do they not? And the government's made their decision on this. Yeah. You know, they're like, nope, this is crown land now. Yeah. We're going to go with this. But also let's give, let's give Mike his flowers as well. Absolutely. This is one of the best letters with foresight that we've ever read out in this podcast. <laughs> Because when Mike says, oh, you know, what? I guess we're just going to go to our rivers unless the government take those away too. This year, 65% of New Zealand's rivers were labeled unsuitable. Yeah, Mike, well, he had that 2020 vision, like unparalleled foresight. Like unbelievable. Like it's actually <laughs> kind of scary. <laughs> like Mike really had both things like, oh, by the way, the rivers probably aren't going to be swimmable anyway. Just letting, so. just letting you know that, that like, this may happen in 2022. Oh, no, just, just an idea. If you all know a Mike in Hamilton, buy him a coffee. <laughs> Next letter. Congratulations to Mark Robertson for highlighting the lack of commitment of non-Maori. I wonder, however, if it is really a lack of organization rather than of commitment. We complain at our workplaces, in pubs and cafes, in our homes, but we do nothing about it. We are not anti-Maori, far from it. We just want equal rights for everyone and for the money that is thrown at Maori and largely squandered to be used for the benefit of all. If entitlements were to be based on length of occupation, then logically, Europeans should be entitled to more than, say, Asians. Imagine the outcry should anyone seriously suggest that. Our protest, however, should not be a march across the Auckland Harbour Bridge. We are responsible people and do not wish to create danger and disruption. Let us therefore protest somewhere else. But first, we need to get organized. Yeah, I really don't like some of the language <laughs> this <is> here. The <laughs> like, especially the, we are responsible people and do not wish to create danger and disruption. It's kind of giving like, we are the civilized and you, you are the uncivilized yeah. brutes like i ugh. yeah i, I like i'm no afraid from avondale's thinking that but that's those are the vibes that i got from ray from avondale i think ray from avondale is kind of i don't know if he's out of pocket he's nearly there though he's nearly there because you know what you know what starting off your letter with i'm not anti-maori far from it I just want equal rights for... Yo, come on, my brother. I don't know about that one, boss. Come um, on, my brother. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. And instead of splitting assets up by occupation time, Maori being the first settlers getting rights to the land they discovered, Ray doesn't even give us an alternative. Yeah. Like, which is a great way of concluding that Ray was mad but had no idea, like, what to write about here. Yeah. And while I think history shows the whole get organized trope, which was heavily used in the civil rights movement in the USA by black activists, works 
if you're talking on that side. Yeah, about your own community. If you're coming from another community, be like, yo, y'all should get organized. Like a privilege. It just, yeah, that, doesn't, that doesn't read right, my brother. Nah, it doesn't feel good. Next piece we're going to look at is In the Thick of the Ink. From New Zealand Herald, 26th of April, 2004. First letter. This attention-seeking trip from North Cape to Parliament is not a continuous march since there are walking stages on only parts of the journey. Why is the chosen walk through Auckland so disruptive to the ordinary life of our city? A more symbolic route would have been to go to Devonport and then cross the water in Waka to the beach at Otaki. Instead, our bend-over-backwards politically correct city fathers have hastened in secret to allow a march route that will create maximum disruption. Brian from Freeman's Bay. You know how we were just talking about how you can kind of tell your own community to get organized? Yes. This is, I don't know if Brian and Ray are homies, but they're reading yeah. off the same hymn sheet. I reckon they met up at the cafe after that. They would have. Yeah. I'm going to write a letter. You going to write a letter? You got it? I think I'm going to write a letter as yeah, well. We should put different locations so people don't know it's the two of us. Absolutely. Yeah. I'll put Freeman's Bay. <laughs> yeah. And you like, put Avondale. They'll, like, never. <laughs> they'll never guess it. It's, uh, I don't know, my bro. Also, bro, don't call don't call Northland North Cape. Say Kaitai. Say it. <laughs> Say it, bro. Yeah. Uh, I think this is unfortunately going to be a common thread, but... Don't tell people how to protest, especially if you're coming from the privileged power position. Do not do it. Yeah, exactly. Also, the the hypocrisy of that statement of this creates maximum disruption on our ordinary life in the city. That's the plan, my bro. Brother, that is the plan. Yeah. Next letter. It has been reported that Hikoi protesting about the proposed foreshore legislation is likely to cause huge disruption as it marches across the Auckland Harbour Bridge. Since there is a main western access to Auckland, thereby circumventing this potential bottleneck, why has permission been given for the marches to cross the Harbour Bridge? Is officialdom afraid to apply common sense in preference to be seen to be politically correct? Paul from Albany. Oh, we were wrong before. My guy, Paul, Brian, and Ray all met up. That Paul I think was the barista. Went to the pub. Yep. Paul was the barista at the, yeah, the yeah. cafe. Like, what y'all doing? I, I'm, I'm going to get it on that. that. Yeah. A little nice little summer. Also, is Albany far? Nope. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> nope. <laughs> there you go. Nope. No, no, no. Putting the dots together, my Exactly. <laughs> so we want to give Paul some, some leeway first. He clearly read the article. And, and and got mad. None of this internet comment stuff where we see a headline and, and, and we write a paragraph. Yeah, if people are going to complain, at least make it an informed complaint. Absolutely. You know, and Paul is informed. And so I kind of respect it, like, a you, little bit. But, I mean, I'm saying it. that Paul still does question why they've been given permission to cross the harbour bridge. I mean... We know that all protests or marches do need to have road safety and traffic arrangements prior to protests that, so that it can be safe. Look, it can still be disruptive, mm. but I think everybody agrees and, look, we've been part of protests. Mm -hmm. We want it to be safe. And using the term official dom is just a derogatory term for government officials. I mean, it's kind of ridiculing them to a sense. Absolutely, absolutely. And this is a question they were asking in 2004, if the government was afraid to make a decision so that they could be seen as politically correct. I just want to go on record and say, I think we want to go on record and say, protest by an ethnic group about land ownership is not the first or fifth time 
isn't being politically correct. Yeah. It has nothing to do with being politically mm-hmm. correct. Also, using the term circumventing in a letter, that's wild. <laughs> I don't think I've ever read out the word circumventing. Uh, it's a great word. You, sh- you should include it more in your Rolodex of words, bro. I think Rolodex? You know. Ooh, you know. That's Jeez. Yo, we getting up there. Did that word make sense in that sentence? Who knows? Find out in the next one. Shout out all the GCSE students listening uh, for English class. GCSEs? All right, bro. We get it. You didn't grow up in New Zealand. <laughs> <laughs> all right, bro. All right, bro. We use NCEA here. Okay, bro. Shout out my A-level calculus groups. <laughs> oh, my God. This guy. Oh. <laughs> next letter. As a young New Zealander now living in Britain, it is with great disappointment that I have been following race relations events in my former homeland. Since when did we become two people living in the same country? Ugh, bruh. Aren't we all New Zealanders? Aren't we all people of the land, whether brown or white? Again? The Ugh. idea of racism seems ludicrous, especially considering that as well as land confiscations, Europeans such as James Busby, William Thomas Fairburn, Edward Weller, and others were all just as badly treated by crown officials. Not the full government name. <laughs> Sorry, bro, but they, they included the they included the middle name too. Yeah, that's true. They gave my man like William Thomas Fairburn. Government A, hey, continue. We know continue. you're coming. You spin. <clears throat> we need to start thinking together and making New Zealand move forward and start ignoring the past wrongs that are paraded so much. From Jay in High Barnett, Hertfordshire. Jay, I think if you're going to use such language, you got to say it with your chest. Yeah. Yeah. Like, don't just leave an initial. We didn't say yeah. it with your chest. Jay left the initial. Say it with we your chest. We didn't shorten it for them. Say it with your chest. <laughs> I hate that, man. Yeah. I, I hated the previous comments. I think this one, uh, I think given the topic, we should probably save the out of pocket award for this episode till yes. later. But it's close. Look, Jay has just written a soliloquy about how. Why can't we just get along? Are we all people of the land? Look, whether our ancestors arrived here peacefully or brought war, pain, and colonization, aren't we one? Oh, my brother. Also, the whole language is, as a young New Zealander living in the crown jewel of Britain, <laughs> the idea of racism just seems ludicrous. It's just the idea of you like being in Britain, yeah. like looking over your colonized lands, <laughs> looking over to New Zealand. <laughs> I don't know what they talk about. Pulling racism. out the, I don't know, the thing they pull out from the back that, uh, uh, you know, the, the eye yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Look, look, it looks like a... I don't know. It's like if you like had binocular? bow and arrow. If you, if you had bow and arrows, you pull it out and then you... Monocle? No, that's the one glass into the Monopoly geezer has. What? Oh, what oh, am I? Hold up. <laughs> what am I going for? A monocular. A mon- monocular. I guess so. Oh, binocular. binocular. Okay, okay, cool. Monocular. There you go. We learned something today. today. Let's go. <laughs> also, I hate how not only Jay uses the full government names of James Busby and William <laughs> Thomas Fairburn, but it's also like, yo, they were treated bad by the Crown too, my brother. Oh yeah, no, don't. I think Jay, we weren't going to mention that. Yo, my Whack. brother, they was, they was, we all in the same boat because nope. we all hate the crown, right? That's nope. why I'm in the homeland, brother. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Next letter. Fina Cooper, that iconic image of a tiny head-scarved woman leaning on her walking stick as she led the hikoi of hope 30 years ago, was a source of inspiration and pride to many, both Maori and Pakia. Titifai Haderita, Overcoiled, overdressed, leading a new hikoi in a deflagged, glossy limousine. I don't think so, somehow. From Evelyn and Browns Bay. 
So, is Evelyn mad that they had too much drip? This is drip. Like, is essential. Like, this is drip. You're dressing to. What's wrong? Like, I don't know. There was like a dress code for a march. Imagine that, hey. Imagine that. Like, yeah, you can protest, but you can't wear that. You can't look good while doing it. This is the this. Yo, actually, you know what? This is a part of a bigger problem. This is a part of the problem that New Zealand has this thing of like you can't be too flash. Yeah. Like without getting into the fact that Fina Cooper walked from Pangaru in the seventies when a motor car was a bigger luxury than anything else. <laughs> let's examine the Kiwi identity yeah. in Evelyn's comment. We love an underdog. Yeah. We love the underdog so much that we feel a personal connection to the hunched over lady with the walking stick. We're applauding the calloused hands and scars on tradies, the battle scars that give us the whole iconic image. I mean, look, yep. we, we love an all-black moor with a grass patchy kit and bandages all over them. 100%. And I think the the idea that somebody who is in middle class or higher could make any sort of protesting change, and also, don't think that we're not going to play the race card here. Yeah. Because there's clearly something else in there. I feel like if you read between the lines of this comment, the whole Fina Cooper and Titufai Haruera, they are protesting different things in a very, very similar vein. Yeah. And when we're comparing them, also, let's put some respect on her name, Dame Fina Cooper, thank you very much. Yes, sir. Thank you very Absolutely. much, Evelyn. Is Brown's Bay close? I think we're picking up a little something here. <laughs> Why are all of these things from Auckland? Yeah, What's going they are. On? I, uh, Next letter. How many people on the Hikoi are on the dole, and why are the children not at school? From Keith... In Fangaporo. Yo, what's the, sorry, my laptop just died. What's the time, Kai? Um, Yo, it is time for Beyond the Comment. I <laughs> hate it. Oh, my god. Your gosh. favorite game where I take you <laughs> beyond the comment. I hate it here. First question. Kai. Hey. At what point is it okay to bring up the doll as an attack on someone? Is it A, never, B, only in the comment section, C, only by the water cooler, or D, only if it's for the purpose of creating content front pack. This is such a horrendous comment that I'm not going to let you answer. The answer oh. is A, never, even though we love you for the content. I think this is probably going to be something that we talk about in every single season. I mean, what's impressive slash sad is that we could find a comment like this from 1955 oh. or 2002. Honestly, I'm not sure whether this isn't from a comment from the convoy protests. <sighs> Ooh, like it could be, it could like be. you could you let you copy paste it, and you could find a very similar comment. Absolutely, and I hope that everybody listening has noticed one thing. Even though we're not trying to compare protests at all, that people will protest something, and if it affects their lives from here on out, they'll put their lives on hold. Hundred percent. They will put their lives on hold. They will take their children out of school. They will do whatever it takes because their lives will never be the same again. And we'll go back to the internet after this ad break. Unpack can't exist without you. For two plus years, Kai and I have recorded in his flat, my mum's office, my mum's old flat, and my dungeon-like friend's flat. Honestly, anywhere. We love what we do, but it isn't consistent or sustainable without the support of our patrons. For a few dollars a month, you can gain access to this. It's the idea that in getting married, the bride-to-be is shackling him and stealing him from the quote-unquote lads. Trapping him in a life of Thursday night missionary, Friday night book club, and Saturday brunch with the mother-in-law. This is the people need to know. Okay. They listen and love letters part one. Whoa. They need to know. So what happened with you two? Wow. <laughs> like, what happened to you two? Yo, why are you just dropping me in on this? So you sent, the, you dropped the letter off, yeah. right? 
uh-huh. you were talking during the day or whatever. Uh-huh. They receive the love letter. Yes. I presume they read it. Who knows? Correct. What happens next? Okay, first of all. And this bonus content. I'm leaving the world a better place than it was before. So uh-huh. what does legacy actually mean to you in that context? Mum always told me not answer a question with a question. But before I answer that, I do, <laughs> I do, I do have to ask you a question. Is also like what, like if if you were just gonna open a dictionary right now, or like one sentence to define legacy, what do you think? Like, what do you think? Like the, the master definition is love legacy. With those funds, we've been able to launch Coalesce, our storytelling company, at Coalesce and Set on Instagram, and PhD Unpacked, where we make long, drawn-out academic research more accessible and more consumable for y'all. At PhD Unpacked on Instagram. But hold on, pump the brakes. You don't have any spare dollars with the cost of living crisis? Hey, less. I got you. Tell a friend, tell a friend, tell a friend, tell a friend. Sharing Unpacked with a friend always has been and always will be the best way to support a pod. Share our content on social media, tell your auntie about it, listen to it at night with your significant other. Actually, that might be kind of weird if talking about whataboutisms and confirmation biases doesn't get you going like it does to me. But look, I gotta get back to my day job. (laughs) Um, Enjoy the rest of the episode. Next article we're gonna look at is from Stuff. Published May 1st, 2017. Headline says, Iwi leader makes foreshore and seabed claim on behalf of all Maori. Tagline says, An Iwi leader says the foreshore and seabed claim is not about money. It's about protecting our waters. First comments from Maikata. Will we establish rules that stop the dumping of tons of myth on the shores of Northland and around the country? Yes, we will. Will we stop everybody's right to go fishing? No. Will we stop oil fracking? Yes. Will we stop salmon farms that pollute the waters in South Island? Yes. Love it. That's that's fire. That's fire. You know what's fire about it as well? These are direct quotes from the article. Yep. I love this. This yep. is a great start to the internet segment. Absolutely. Welcome back. It's Welcome comfortable back. here. It's, it's so nice. Get people, cozy. People are reading the article and making comments. Let's go. Oh, welcome back. Next comments from Connor. Treaty is rubbish. It was a piece of paper to make silly Maoris happy and it worked. Now they're upset and realizing that it meant nothing. There's Maori sites all over the properties around where I live, and I ride my motorbike over them and rip them up. Bruh. Always find old stones that have been carved into tools, and I chuck them out because they're worthless. Excuse me? Oh, You're excused because we're back to beyond the comment for a second time. Okay. So, Kai. Hey. What year was this comment made? Oh, was it A, 2022, B, 2002, C, 1992, or D, 1972? This is a tough one because this this screams World War One. This screams British settler. I feel like it was written in 1918, but published in 1970. I'm going to go D, 1972. Uh-uh. Unfortunately, if you're listening, you would have heard that he said that this comment came from 2017. Oh. But aside from me being an arsehole and thinking that I can just not include one of the answers that is the actual answer, this, as you said, reads like a comment that is literally copy pasted. Like, I would not be surprised if this mm. person's ancestor was saying the same thing <laughs> literally 50, 60 years ago. You think ago. that racism's hereditary? <laughs> brother, I'll know what it is. 
<laughs> but it's just it's just the same old, same old. It is. It is. And it's tiring. It is. It really is. We wouldn't usually give these comments a time of day. Nah. But it's important to notice the difference between the comments on the internet and what people who read the news yeah. actually what think. What they had to say. Because they were pinning letters. Yes, exactly. You know what? I hope that Connor's ancestor had actually pinned a letter. Absolutely. And, like, don't get us wrong. The people who pin letters, still racist. Yeah. But you can at least clearly tell the difference. The bro puts his work in out in the letter. <laughs> exactly. This is why I'm racist. <laughs> Next comment from Matu. I think as Maori, we need to stop pretending that our interests are purely altruistic and premised on a rights-based claim. We have a legitimate commercial interest in the resources that we possessed and exercised before and at the signing of the treaty. Okay. Ooh, that's a good point. This is this is a great that's, this is a great little comment. And honestly, that's kind of fair enough though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a real interesting point. Cause Something in which the present day claims you're mentioning more and more mm. is commercial developments and interests are sometimes the center of the plans. And look, we would be lying if we didn't say there are millions of dollars mm. that could be made from the foreshore and seabed. Fishing, mining, potential oil drilling, marine farming, even though obviously in the previous comment they said they wouldn't do it. Yeah. That still doesn't ignore the financial potential yes. from the land. Absolutely. And as you said, from the land... Whatever intentions Tangata Fenua have with it, it's theirs. Absolutely. And Macho doesn't see a problem with that either. He doesn't like the trope that it's for altruism, which is the selfless concern for the well-being of others, which I think that we can kind of have that conversation in Foreshore and Seabed of this is one of the first times that we're seeing, okay, land is being taken away, and it's not livable. Foreshore and Seabed, we can't live in the Foreshore and Seabed, mm. but there is a lot of not only New Zealand's prized Kaimoana, but money to be made yeah. there. Next comments from Stephen. About time someone stood up to look after our waters. Bloody people wrapping this land silly. New Zealand is a joke for foreign investors. This is the future that Mike referenced. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. This is it. New Zealand has been selling its assets from time to time, man. To overseas investors or the crown, there had to be some conversation as to why Maori weren't at the head of the negotiating table. And at the very least, first off the buyer's bid. And I think for me, what this episode has shown us is that if you don't look back at history, you're going to make the same mistakes in. Because a lot of the comments mm. that people have had, they're predicting things that will literally happen in the future. So shows the importance of understanding the history of our nation and just everywhere. Absolutely. And it's the importance of this podcast as well. We hope to make that education accessible. <laughs> yeah. You know? But also tell your friends about us. Uh, listen to us. Share us. ETC, ETC. I know five I just stars. said it in an advert, but you know I had to. Right. Write us five stars as well. Absolutely. Please do. Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcast. <clears throat> Back on. to the comment. <laughs> um, Maori were allowed to apply for guardianship in that bill. Um, and although it was repealed by John Key's government in 2011, the negotiating table was far, far different. Now, guardianship and ownership, two different things. Yeah. If I have a kid... And Tabby goes to school. <laughs> yeah, if I go to school, yeah. Um, uh, keep, the, keep going. That's the end of the metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> if I have a kid and Tabby goes to the school to pick him up and I call the school being like, yep, that's all good. That's a legal guardian. Tabby is now the guardian. It's not his kid, though. Nope. That's not your kid at all. Nope. You can't go and roll him in tennis classes nope. after that. That's my kid. Also, tennis? No way, bro. You wouldn't do it? Nah. What? NASCAR? I stay with the references, bro. That was nice. If you know, you know. If you, if you don't, listen to our previous episodes. 
Next article is from Stuff, published January 3rd, 2018. Headline says, 16 caught poaching 621 kina from Gisborne Reserve. Is that a lot? That's a lot. I, that's a lot of kina. Because I've never been fishing, so I don't, I don't know whether that's a lot. So kina can probably fit in your hand, first of all, so that's how big they are. Your legal limit is 50. 600 and... Your legal limit... Is 50. And also... They got 12 times... I... Yeah. And it's like, you also can't... Put it this way. To get 50 kinna and make sure that they're all legal size is very difficult. Wow. It's wow. very difficult. Yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised if there was also some kinna in there that's <laughs> undersized. Yeah. Tagline says, they are destroying this very special habitat. First comments from Bevan. I hope they get fined heavily... Vehicles and dive gear seized. Trespass for life to foreshore and seabed. All right, shut up, Bevan. Mm. Bevan got bars. Bevan got you bars. Know, that that foreshore and seabed reference. That wasn't. That was an accident. A little that sprinkle there. Eh? No, no, no. But I like it because we now get to see the civilian level effects, the day to day impacts of the controversy around foreshore and seabed. Next comments from James. Pretty sure there's hundreds of millions of kinos out there. And people are complaining because someone took 621 of them. Nobody owns the sea. I'm not doing that. You're going to read the rest of that comment? I'm not doing that. You're gonna, uh, do you want to tell people what it says? Um, James is meaning to say tangata whenua, but spells it out in very, very poor English and then finishes off with bleh. Like, so we've evolved from a podcast. Initially, we were grammar policing. Absolutely. This is actually not us grammar policing the English at all. I this promise. is just someone who's taking the absolute piss yes. out of saying tangata whenua. Yes. And it's kind of wild that we've done a lot of topics in our day. Yeah. We've done Ehumata. We've done Tuikil Tereo Māori. We've done Waitangi Day. Yeah. We've even done Black. This is the most racism we've ever unpacked, <laughs> and it's in foreshore and seabed. Yeah, it really shows how seminal a moment this was in New Zealand's history. Oh, it brought some people out of the woodwork, that's for sure. So to unpack the comment, too many kinna is an issue, but so is not enough kinna. And I'm not talking about it in your bags when I'm talking on the seabed. We're in this dilemma where we can't hit a sweet spot because we're already overfishing snapper and kahawai. But kina is one of our main herbivores in the coastal mm. marine environment. And the numbers are usually controlled by predators, but overfishing of them, warmer sea temperatures, and obviously human activity have seen its numbers boom. Yeah. And the result of this is a kina barren, where urchins graze through seaweed and kelp or leave behind a bare reef. And what that means is that the foreshore and seabed is going to be damaged for years and years to come. Next comment from Wool. They will be fined 2K each and a suspended home detention sentence. They will sit at home playing PS2 and will fail to pay the fine. Meanwhile, taxpayer will keep on paying them the dole. And welcome to... Nah, I'm not, we're not going to do it a third oh my, time. We're honestly? Not gonna, we're not going to do it a third time. You could, you could have on this we're one, not, though. Yeah, I could, the, the opportunity was there. You should have seen my eyes light up in the studio. We're not going to do it a third time, but... When, when, when will people stop referring to the doll in these kind of instances? I know the answer, never. No. <laughs> they, they won't be. You would have thought after we did a part one and part two, people would have been like, all right, we'll, we'll cut well, it Well, I'll kind of cool off on it. But while it's, okay, kind of correct, yes, they're likely to receive a $2,000 fine, but it could yeah. be a maximum of $20,000, which is often reserved for commercial businesses and traders. That makes sense. 
Let me, I know that you don't fish, but let me paint you a picture. Yeah, because 621, is that something that, like, if the two of us went out with, like, my tiny car, could we? You're, no, we couldn't even fit 600 in your car. Oh, so this is likely to be some form of, whether it's, like, two or three people with, like, a, a big car. Right. It's likely to be a business. This is likely to be an operation. Okay. Yeah. Not only because it's 621, but because 16 people were caught. Oh, this bit, this big bit. Yeah, this yeah. was a situation. Okay. There was a Facebook group chat. Uh, there must yeah. have been, you but, know? And you know, this is probably not their first rodeo. No. As well. This is oh, not no, their- no. You could, could you imagine? Yeah. This is probably their fifth time being like, oh, they're here. Yeah. 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 And... And usually they'll get a court date along with that. And whatever their fine was at the end of the day, it usually gets paid by legal aid. Meaning I see. they either owe that money through an employer or by the Caesar property. But either way, it's going to get paid to the Ministry of Justice. Yeah. Last comments from Patsy. Stop using things like it's our land. It's our right. The land is not yours alone. That's a that's a banger of a comment to end on. Mm. The land is not yours alone, but it is our right to use the land. The only thing the land asks is that we take care of it in return. Of course, with proper ownership and not botched negotiations, things like this wouldn't happen. And education about the consequences of overfishing could be greater, but here we are. And that's all because in 2003... We couldn't make the right decision. Imagine where we would be if we did. Fucking floored to somebody. One new voicemail message. Message received 19th November at 3.44pm. Kia ora, unpack. How's it going? I think that New Zealanders probably feel kind of gross about what happened. Um, I think one of the worst parts is how 